Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome back to the Family Alpha Podcast. I am your host, Zach Small, and today I'm joined by my guest, the lovely Mrs. Small. Jackie, how you doing? I'm good. Doing great. Welcome to the show. Thanks. So today we're going to be talking about sobriety. 98 days ago, I was sitting on the couch across from you, and I was looking at my glass of wine, and I said, I'm done. And 97 days later, I've not had a drop. And we're both done. And that's interesting. I did not ask you to join me. So let's go. To, I've never asked you this. When I said that to you, what did you think? Um, I thought we would give it up for a little bit of time and then maybe like trickle back in. But I think we had already set in motion a lot of healthy habits between, you know, really working out hard at home and, and following a good regimen that sobriety just put that into like overdrive. And once we saw the results from it, there was no reason to ever want to go back. It gave us it gave us nothing. And I think that's incredibly interesting how that worked, too, because booze were booze. I mean, you, you drink to have a good time. You drink because you're sad. You drink because you're stressed. You drink because you're happy. You know, there's always a reason to drink. And we were, I was sitting there, and I remember holding it. I was like, I'm just tired of being tired. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of fighting tooth and nail to just maintain, you know, not to improve, but to just maintain. You know, and it's almost like physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, as we continue down this path, like like you said, I mean, we're almost 100 days. Mm-hmm. Why would we ever go back? Well, that's what my thought is right now, too, is that society gives you a reason to drink as an adult. Every time you turn a corner, every commercial, every advertisement, you go into a restaurant, there's, you know, advertisement for booze all over, you know, near the bar or, you know, signage for beers and there's also as many reasons not to drink as society tries to give you to drink. And I think the reasons not to drink are so much more powerful, but you have to accept that in, into your mind. It, it truly is like the only drug that people ask you why you're not on. Yeah. And I know that's a cliche thing, but it's true. Like you're like, oh, I'm not doing heroin anymore. People are like, good job. Oh, I'm not drinking anymore. Why? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, and there's so much aimed, you know, specifically at women with wine. Like, I know men, like, to be a man, you drink whiskey. But I was scrolling on Facebook today, and I must have seen, like, ten advertisements about why moms should drink wine, why homeschooling makes mommy drink, mom's wine glass. Like, all these, like, really slammed towards women. And I'm like, why are they trying to hold the broads down? Why why are they trying to keep your ladies, you know, numb and and just pounding sugary wines? I think it made me worse. Like, I woke up and I felt like crap. And then at the end of the day it's supposed to relax you, but it didn't relax me. It just made me feel like either bad about, you know, the situation of quarantine or bad about, you know, I wasn't doing enough for homeschooling in the morning or distance learning or, or what have you. So instead of being positive and using that time, you know, to actually relax or actually, you know, feel good about something I did that day, I would just end up more down. But then the cycle just keeps happening. And then the next day someone's like, oh, you know, funny wine picture or funny drink picture and and then people would tag me in things like gifts about drinking wine or or special wine glasses where you can put a whole bottle in one glass that you can't even pick up after like there were so many things and I didn't want to be that 
wino mom. Like, I didn't want to be labeled like that. It doesn't matter how I carried myself. It doesn't matter that I wasn't sloppy. It, it was just the fact that I didn't want a label on me like that. I want to be the fit mom or the fun mom or the, you know, one that coaches youth football mom. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> which is so random, but it's something I'm doing because they won't let Zach do both teams. But I'm able to do that because I'm not worried about, you know, picking up a bottle of wine on the way home or feeling hungover or any of that. We're just solely focused on our health and our goals right now. And it's a breath of fresh air. And when we started, we knew that 100 days would land on the night before my birthday, which is coming up. Plug. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my birthday is Thursday and we hit 100 days on Wednesday, right? Yep. Something like that. So originally we were like, all right, we, we're going to hit 100 days and I'm going to hit 100 days and I'm going to celebrate on my birthday. But like now I'm going to celebrate being sober. I'm not celebrating with alcohol. It's awesome. It's the best gift I could give myself. It truly is. It's funny. And it's, you took something away and that was a gift you gave yourself. I think there's a lot of power to that and to the notion that we think having a thing is the gift, but sometimes having control is the gift. And I'm, I'm glad you're on right now because I'm very positive that there are people who hear me say, oh, I'm sober, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you must have had a bad night and you got into an argument with your wife. Or you wrecked your car, or what? You got fired. No. Like I was working for myself. We are fine. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I was I was writing and recording. The business end for both of us are doing very well. But I remember just sitting there, and this is one of the biggest lessons uh, for anybody listening to this who's on the fence. You don't need some cataclysmic reason to stop. And to to paraphrase Ed Lattimore, people are much more supportive of those who quit because they chose to quit. And not those who quit because legally they were forced to quit. You know, if I had gotten a DUI and was in jail, people would be much less supportive about my decision to get rid of booze than me saying, hey, it's for health reasons and I just want to be my best. I want to optimize myself. Do you think there's truth to that? There is. And then I also think that people, they they don't really trust it in you until they see it for a long period of time. So they say that it takes 21 days to break a habit, which I think it takes much longer. But it takes months to break other people's habits of how they view you. And, I mean, my parents just went sober for October. And they've been, they actually started before October because they kind of did what we did where they just was like, I'm done. Like, why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for October 1st? So we can drink another thousand calories in the next two days or whatever have you. And they have been in some situations where they used to drink socially and they haven't done it. And I'm really proud of them. And I know your parents have been inquisitive about it. We've had friends that have asked about it. And we were always the party couple. <laughs> but we're still the party couple. Yeah, we're it's... just sober. <laughs> we're really caffeinated. Yeah. <laughs> we like, drink a lot of coffee. There is a lot of coffee going on. <laughs> and it's interesting, too. You know, when you, when you sort of step back and observe yourself, like, I don't think I was running from anything. I don't think I was trying to numb anything. I do have a very active mind. And I know there are a lot of, you know, especially content creators, people that are, are writers, people that record you know, YouTube videos, your brain is always going. And I fully get that. And I think a part of it was the only time I could shut that engine off was to turn it off, you know, to like black it out, to, to, to numb it, you know, with alcohol. And I'm realizing now, especially after reading uh, Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind, I was turning off the fire alarms, you know, the smoke detectors. But the fire was still burning. 
it wasn't that I needed to numb my active brain. It's that I needed to learn how to deal with an active brain. And I kept on kicking that can down the road of learning how to deal with myself and handle how my mind operates by using a substance. And once I removed that, I was like, all right, I just got to figure this out. Like this is, I got to learn to live with this. And there's a lot more, you know, intentional focus, a lot more reading, you know, like my, my love of reading is back. I, my writing is much more clear, you know, running around with the kids is so much easier. Waking up for early baseball games with, for, with AAU and all that, that we had going on so much easier. And it's like, why did I do this this long? And again, because of the title of the episode and because of the nature of the subject, I'm going to assume that there are people listening to this right now who are, who are maybe questioning it. Maybe not ready to go sober, maybe not ready to quit it, but they're starting to question, why do I drink every night? Or why do I have to have a drink to relax? You know, and it's, our kids are getting older, mm-hmm. you know, especially for parents. Like, you don't ever want your children to see you in a compromised situation. And like you said, you don't want to be, oh, Jackie's the wine mom. Yeah. Like, you don't want that to be the, like, look what you're doing now. Now look at how people look at you. Mm-hmm. You just threw up on Facebook, you know, the, the next fitness challenge you're doing. People are like, Dan, like, that's the woman who, like, keeps getting after it. What are you guys doing? You look great. How are you doing this? You know, and it's it's not just because we got sober, but that was just one of many dominoes that fell. But the other ones couldn't fall until yeah, we the alcohol that. was removed. Well, yeah, I mean, we went months of going to the gym, working out. And it wasn't until I started one of my programs that were 100 days long, and I was probably 40 days in and I wasn't seeing as drastic of a change as I felt that I was putting effort into and at that point was when I gave up alcohol and all of a sudden like I started losing bloat and feeling tighter and feeling like everything was working and there's a whole nother topic for another day but I also went vegan and and that's just by choice but there's a lot of things that I had to dial in that were everyday occurrences for me that maybe I needed to get rid of and work out for all my effort to be worth it because why are you just going to keep running up against a brick wall you're not going to get anywhere and alcohol was a brick wall for us so i know my motivator and i've never asked you this so this is this is a live question (laughs) (laughs) and i know you hate this but i want to know you know when i decided to quit i never asked you to join me i i said i'm doing this i'm done with booze i don't know if you really thought i was going to be as committed as i am like i will never drink alcohol again I know saying that you're not supposed to, but I know me and I'll just keep proving to everybody else. Like I'm committed to that. It's not going to happen, but you joined me and I'm, there are no words to be said about my appreciation for how much easier that made it for me. But why did you join and was there, or is there a consideration on your end of you needing, like, I mean, you just weren't like me, like you could take it or leave it. Like I knew I needed to stop. So what made you want to jump on that? Was it supporting me or was it you trying to fix you? I think it was everything. I knew it would be easier for you if I stopped, but I also, you know, wanted to do it as a, as a couple, as a team and be sober together, make better strides together. (laughs) And I was working really hard to like fix a lot of things in my life. And I knew that alcohol almost was like a stressor instead of a de-stressor for me, but it was masked as a de-stressor and it was like a mental game like I don't even know what words to explain it as but it's it's like a masked predator where it's it's shown to be the nice guy alcohol's good for you it's it makes you relax you're an adult but really like it's just 
like Kelly's slowly killing you. Sorry. Slowly killing you. And it's, it's nothing good. It's crazy. Like they say, you'll relax when you drink, but you don't relax. You're more stressed out. You know, how many people are having drinks with their buddies and like, I've got this great business idea. We're going to build this up. We're going to make this new app. We're going to do whatever. And then the next day they're hungover. The day after that, they forget they even talked about it. Mm -hmm. Like how many people think that it makes them creative? Like when I drank, I wasn't creative. I couldn't tweet. I would say something stupid or I couldn't write. My, my thoughts didn't make sense. I was incoherent. I couldn't, I wasn't like a, let me sit my whiskey and come up with the greatest, you know, Moby Dick or the greatest American novel to be released. Like it stunted my creativity. I'm most creative and most on sober and, and focused and just living like, like we're doing right now. Mm. This is fueled by coffee. <laughs> coffee and water is what we've had today. And it's what we've had for the past nine to seven days. <laughs> oh yeah. Highly I mean, caffeinated power couple. <laughs> it truly does turn off the alarms that are telling you there's something wrong and it never delivers on the promises. Like, and I think that was my biggest problem. And I think a lot of people are, who are listening or, or dealing with, you know, issues with alcohol is that you keep chasing the dragon. You know, the next drink will make you happier. The next drink will make you funnier. The next drink will make you more relaxed. And it's always the next drink. And just like dragons don't exist, neither does that place you're trying to get to. It doesn't exist. Alcohol never delivers on its promise. It never delivered on any promises it gave me. And I can't help but... Like, there's a part of me that just, like, hates myself for all the years and money wasted. Mm. Like, how much freaking, like, we, monthly, we, so we, we've money. saved so much cash, so much time, so much energy, so much, you know, frustrated mornings, just being tired. Had nothing to do with the kids or our schedule. Just we stayed up too late, drinking too much. And it's, it's crazy when it turns how people start to see, like, oh, you're, you're still not drinking? It's almost like they're surprised. Like, oh, you're, you're really sticking with this. Mm-hmm. You were the guy running around saying shots. You know, you were the, the lady who would, you know, we would get wine wherever we were going, you know, and now you're both just going to mm-hmm. home early and not staying until one o'clock at the parties, you know, getting good rest, enjoying each other's company. I think it's made us better people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, people around us don't drink as much either. And, and I, at first I thought, I felt self-conscious about it because I felt like people were doing it for us and I didn't want that. But now I think people are looking inward at themselves and seeing, you know, different successes that, you know, we're getting since we became sober. It's... I mean, we're over three months now. And that's a long time. In three months, I mean, a lot of things have changed. And I think we've refocused a lot of things career-wise, family-wise. I mean, we decided to homeschool and figuring that path out. And trying to figure out careers around homeschooling. And, you know, just reprioritizing everything. But I feel like before, I would have just had a glass of wine at the end of the day and been like screw it like whatever tomorrow's another day and now instead I spend afternoons you know contemplating like how, how can we make this better what can we do you know what's the next step I think like I said with the dominoes you when you think about getting rid of booze and stuff like that once we did that one thing it's like success begets success we were able to do the next right thing so getting sober was just the start I mean it's 2020 it's supposed to be the crazy year this year, so why not do something crazy? Yeah, I mean, your life. we taught our kids to ride their bike. Mm-hmm. We taught our swim. kids to swim. We put them into different sports. Uh, yeah. Now we're sober. Different. Yeah. You know why? Like, why not make this the year you really dial your health in? You know, I have people messaging me now about how how I was able to stay true to it. You know, and a little bit of a plug here. There, there'll be a link below this episode where I created the free Telegram. 
and there's a couple dudes in it, and we're all just sober, and we're kind of just sharing stories about, hey, the weekend's coming up, you know, or what are you doing when you go to parties? How do you deal with death? How do you deal with birthdays? How do you deal with, you know, these moments that used to be surrounded by alcohol? We've done a lot recently. Actually, yeah. (laughs) Like, seriously. Literally. You want to do tips for both of us? I think we should. Sure. Okay. I'll go first. Of course. You're going to take my tips. We do the same thing. Just go. Just go. You're not as fancy as me. All right. Deliver it fancy. So, what I do is because I felt that drinking wine for me was more of a social slash, like, classy thing, um, type thing for socialization. And I used to love just, like, the concept of having a wine glass in my hand and being able to talk. So when we go to parties now, if they're mostly in daytime parties, we always bring an iced coffee because no one ever second-guesses a New Englander having iced coffee at any time of the year, even if it's the, you know, dead of January. If a New Englander comes into a party with an iced coffee in their hand, no one questions them. Something I do at home sometimes is we will have, like, Pellegrino, seltzer water, club soda with lime or a splash of pineapple juice or grapefruit juice. And sometimes I drink it in a wine glass just to have, you know, that nice, crisp, cold goblet in my hand. And when we go out to restaurants, we do the same thing. That's that's exactly what we order, a club soda with a splash of some kind of juice, and we change it up. No one ever questions it. And that's the thing, like, why? Because it's in a special glass or because it's in, you know, glass and not a plastic cup or, you know, whatever the restaurant offers. That doesn't mean you're less of an adult because you're not, you know, drinking vodka with your soda or something. And I think that helped me a lot. I don't really ever drink normal soda. Neither of us do. We've never been soda drinkers. So for us to always just get water, it kind of got boring after a while. And just adding something else changes a lot. Something that we did, we don't do often, but we've done since fall has come is sometimes have like an apple cider, whether it's cold or hot. Just to have like a special treat, you know, maybe a Friday night with the kids or Saturday night. But what we love is the fact that the kids taste and can freely taste anything that we have. Where before we're like, that's a mom drink, that's a dad drink, don't drink that, you know. I hated that my daughter would recognize that my mom or I would drink wine. And that was something that really started to bother me as she got older. And... It, drive, it it just drove me nuts because I started really feeling like a bad parent and a lot of people drink and there's a lot of people who drink socially on occasion. <laughs> I don't care what anyone else does. It's just this is what I had to do for me. So I made a lot of changes. So my tips were go to a party with a drink that's non-alcoholic already, whether it's, you know, an iced coffee, a soda, water you know, a special, like a, a Yeti or something. There's some people that, you know, just go in. My my brother's wife brings a bottle of water every time because she doesn't drink. You know, it's things like that that as long as you have something in your hand, I think no one really questions you. And then be prepared for questions. So I had that happen at a cookout pretty early on, and I was getting hounded as to why I wasn't drinking. I was getting hounded as to, like, Did something happen? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Oh, you're doing it to be healthier. You know, you can drink just once or, you know, only if we go out for girls and I'm like, you know, girls weekend. And I'm like, no, I I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. And it's kind of a turnoff when people do that. But at the same time, you get it because you've been there and and you don't want to feel like you're, you know, the unhealthy one or the one making the wrong choices. So you just have to be prepared for those questions. And it's okay to tell the truth. It's okay to be honest, you know, about your why. And I think something that 
we had in the beginning was you have, and I say this too, when, you know, with workouts and people that I do challenges with is you have to know your why and your why has to be powerful. And my why for non-drinking and, you know, working out hard and completely changing all my nutrition is because next year is already here. I can't keep saying next year I'm going to lessen my drinking or next year I'm going to work out or next year I'll fit in, you know, that dress that I've had for however many years. My why is that the time is now and you're not going to get it back. And I think that's why it's so powerful because I know that yesterday's already gone. And what I chose yesterday for my future self today is what's going to stick. Yeah, I mean, this year is last year is next year. Boom. Isn't that from the Office or Parks and Rec or something? (laughs) It makes sense, though. No, Bob's Burgers. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's it's true. You know, all of that. I mean, I agree with all that. Obviously, I'm following the same thing. I mean, obviously, as a married couple, we're pretty much on the same vibe when we go places. I'm a much more confrontational person, and I deal with it a little more directly. You know, one of the things I've realized is when people ask me why I'm not drinking, I just straight tell them I've drank enough for two lifetimes. Like, I'm good. I have nothing to prove here. You know, I I carried the torch. I was the party guy. I did my thing. And now I'm done. You know, it's somebody else. Like, take the reins. Take the crown. Go party hard, man. Like, that's do you. I'm doing me. It's my turn to retire. And I'm retiring before something bad happens. And I, again, I will never drink again. Because I promise you, if I had that one drink, that that one time I had that one drink, and then that's when I got into a car accident, or that's when something happened, or some argument, Mm -hmm. I would never forgive myself. This is it for me. I I will not go back. I cannot go back. You know, I've I've done what I've done this far, you know, and there are times, I've done things I should not have done, I shouldn't have driven, I mean, there's so much I, I should not have gotten away with that I got away with, and it's like, look, my guardian angel is gassed. (laughs) I am done. I'm good. I lived that life. I have nothing to prove. And when we go to parties, you know, if if I get challenged, it's that easy. I'm not drinking. Like, that's the end of the discussion. There's no peer pressure or anything. You know, and that's a good way to stay in front of it, you know, or ahead of it for anybody that's just starting out. It's like, let it be known. You've got your coffee. Oh, I'm not drinking. And if you have to lie in the beginning, lie. Yeah, I think in the (laughs) beginning... I felt bad about myself because I felt like, oh, I I can't just have one, so now I can't drink at all. Or, you know, I made this choice, so now other people are feeling bad about themselves. And at first, like, I was feeling bad. But then I realized over the last 97 days that why should I feel bad about bettering myself and my family? Like, instead, like, I don't care how the other people feel. If they feel bad about themselves because they can't give it up, then let them wallow in self-pity. Like... We're doing it for us. I'm doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me, by me, because of me, because I want my future self to be, you know, on the money for my kids, for my husband, and and just healthy. I don't, I want to be able to get up in the middle of the night if I need to go to the emergency room because my kid has 104 fever, or, you know, be available to go pick someone up if we had to and there was an emergency. I don't want to be the one that can't get up in the middle of the night because I drank, you know, my night away sitting on my couch. I just... I don't want that. I mean, so I just returned from the 21 convention, Patriarchs Edition, as well as Make Women Great Again. I gave speeches at both those conventions. And it's that plays a large part into it as well. It's like, look, we are all, we're leaders of our families. You know, we're the men. You want to be good mothers. Well, how could I take care of my children if I had been partying the night away? And I'm literally not coherent enough or, or mentally competent enough to deal with a fire, to deal with an intruder, to deal with a riot. You know, if we're partying at somebody's house and we're driving home, you know, and I'm just passed out in the seat or we're all just tired or staying there, 
you know, we can't answer the call when our number is called. That's not being a leader. That's being unprepared. It's being caught, you know, with your pants down. <laughs> like, sometimes literally for some drinkers. I was never that guy. But no, I mean, we sometimes, <laughs> no, like, fortunate, thank God. But I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know, people want to say I'm prepared. I've got all this going on in my life, but they're neutering themselves. They're, they're, they're chopping themselves off at the feet by constantly drinking. And I've been there. I'm not saying this is somebody casting judgment. I'm saying this is no, someone who understands for years. like yeah. you're trying to be better, but you're fighting to remain the same to not, you're fighting to not lose ground. You're not fighting gain to anything. be worse. Like you like that party boy mentality that some and or, or woman but like that people always think like I'm the cool guy I can hold my own I can drink a 12 pack of beer and still like rock it and but yet the next morning you feel like shit or you're drinking all this sorry I'm going to go on the gluten train but like literally liquid gluten that you are taking and just filling your gut up with to be cool like it it's nothing like are you cool on the beach when you have a beer gut no like <laughs> Like, it's just, this is going to be years and years and years of change and detox and mental detox from how long we did drink. But you can only start with day one. And it goes by fast and it goes by well when you start seeing all the change and all the positive that comes from it. I think you start to revert back as well. You know, when you're a kid and you try wine or Mm -hmm. beer, you're like, this is disgusting. You know, but then as you age, you pretty much convince yourself, like, no, this is good. Well, we're brainwashed because, to think it's yeah, good. the the commercials say I'm I'm happy, and your parties are no longer a reason to see people. It's a reason to drink to excess. That's what the parties are for. Mm-hmm. Because if it was to see the people, then there would be no need to be like, hey, are you bringing the beer? Yeah. Nobody would care. They would care. Are you bringing yourself? Would be the only question. It's not, and that's because we've been conditioned to, you know, that's what makes us happy. That's what makes things work. That's what makes us fun, and that imprints onto our children. And that goes, you know, to your point, that made me literally sick to my stomach the first time I heard my daughter say, uh, like, this is my doll's wine cup. Something like that. So, yeah. Something like that. You know, because she's like, oh, you know, all the, all the ladies have their wine. And she said that about one of her dolls. And I was like, I, I'm done. You know, I was like, that, that was, it was, I think shortly after that, that I was like, I'm out. Yeah, you know, she, and we just jumped off it. It might have been like the week of, I heard her say something like that. Like, oh, my son too. That, yeah. So they're 11 and 8 now. And, like, they're watching us, and what type of impression are we leaving on them? You know, it's it's all of this. It's not one thing. It's not, oh, parents shouldn't drink. It's not that, oh, you shouldn't drink for this reason. Like, you should find your reason. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing and what we're doing is sort of a monologue right now, or a duologue, whatever <laughs> this is, of just us going through our journey. And hopefully, you know, somebody listening, this something clicks. I'm very fortunate to have a spouse that, that supported me in this, so thanks, babe. Welcome. But there are people who don't have that. And that's not an excuse. If you've got to stop for you, stop for you. And if your spouse won't stop and they're going to drink themselves to an early grave or keep setting an example or destroying their health, you're going to have just some decisions to make with regards to your relationship. I would not be drinking regardless of Jackie joined me or not. But I will say our family is much better and more aligned because she also stopped with me. And it, there's something beautiful to that, to how we're both like, yeah, well, all right, well, we, we did the party thing. That's done. Let's go do the healthy thing. Let's go, like, I'll never look back. We will never look back in our life and be like, oh, we never experienced, like, we were like Mormons who never had a drop of alcohol or the Amish or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Like, but we did that. It was cool. But we dialed it in. And it's my hope that our kids will see, oh, alcohol is, is shit. There's no power there. You know, it makes people lazy. It makes people, you know, do stupid things. It's not the elixir of happiness and joy. We don't need to have anything put into our bodies to be happy. Like, I hope they take that to their friends. 
and, well, you know, as they grow are influenced by it. When you're sober, and you're sober for quite a while, all the rest of your senses start coming back a little bit. Like, I never really liked to bake very much or anything because I got that fix of sweets from wine, from sugars in alcohol. And then, you know, we stopped drinking and all of a sudden, like, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll bake with the kids. I'll do this. I'll do that. And it was like having a treat from baking once in a while wasn't so bad in the grand scheme of not consuming tons of sugar and tons of calories, liquid, you know, in liquid form. It, it changed a lot of things where I bake more now than I ever have, but we're healthier than, you know, more now than well, we ever have. And also, for anybody listening, I promise you, you will feel so good the day after, you know, you, you didn't drink, but you had some cider. And you're like, oh, there's some sugar in this. And like, I do it too. You know, I've got a, a buddy of mine, his name's Phil Foster, big time trainer. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, earning the snacks and things like that. And I'll wake up and I'm like, all right, I had some sugar, but like, I am, I feel so good. I trained hard. If the worst vice I had is I had a drink that had sugar in it at the end of the night, like no alcohol and none of that, you know, you feel amazing and the weight starts falling off. And, you know, another friend of mine, we call him Big Tex, you know, he says, you know, beer gives you bitch tits. <laughs> and it's true. You know, these guys who are talking about how manly it is to drink all that beer are fat. They're all sitting there fat and they're, they're, they're poor examples of physical specimens and just their, their whole focus on, you know, who can drink the most beer. It's like, well, damn, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's lean. And if, you know, if my, you know, cheat meal is eating some of your cake or pies, which have been freaking delicious, <laughs> you know, if that's like my, you know, vice or if that's the th- like my fault or my failure, I'll take it. You know, like if that's my fault as a human being is that I love your snacks or your baked goods, I'm living a damn good life. Mm-hmm. And it's also a highlight to the fact that you're also so conditioned drinking, you forget what good feels like. Like literally, yeah. I've woken up feeling like I was hungover because of how many times I was hungover. That I have phantom hangovers, which is a real thing. I mean, it took like a good three months to like not wake up feeling like that. Anymore. I was disgusted. I was like, I, I woke up a few times literally hating myself because I was convinced I drank the night before. Because I felt like I was hungover and I was like, I can't believe I broke it. I like... How did I drink? And then I'm like, wait a minute. I had I had club soda, a splash of cranberry, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it goes away. And you're like, holy shit. Like my brain is so used to being hungover that it just thinks it's hungover sometimes. Our brains are confused. Dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> like it, it really blows my mind. Like you're not a, you're not a dude, but I mean come I on. Know. Like it literally, like when I like it blows your mind what you've done for so long like how many years do you have to drink this poison before you realize it's probably not the best thing for you so i have a thought that's a little off of that but going back to what <laughs> you said <laughs> going, going back to what you said about um giving it up if your spouse needs to or vice versa i think there's some people who and i think i've done it in the past when we've talked about it or we've gone off of it different times where you know you don't want to be told what to do per se or I have to do this because you have to do this. But really, in the end, I mean, if you have a spouse who, say you're both overweight, and then your spouse goes on this extreme diet or workout regimen, changes everything about their lifestyle, and they start losing weight, yet you're still overweight, you're going to feel inadequate. And that's going to happen with sobriety as well. So it's better just like take it on as a family goal. Just overall be healthier, be sober, have energy, go towards new goals in life, and it's so much better to do it together. Cause then you also have support. You go to a party and someone's questioning your spouse. I mean, you're there as backup. 
because you're doing it with them. You two are never alone. That's the whole point of marriage anyways, isn't it? I'll be your bodyguard. Thanks. I wasn't there that time you were getting oh questioned. Oh my god, I got like attacked by was, baseball moms. I would have crushed it. But that's, oh lord. It's important. But that was early on too. Yeah. No, it's, it's important you hang on to that. You know, there's people... Some people will view your sobriety as judgment on their character and performance. And that's that's their problem to deal with. You know, you just do you. And if they have an issue with it, they're assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, I would never be mad at a friend for trying to improve their life. And it's funny how, again, one thing leading to another. You know, getting sober is where it started. And then reading a lot more, you know, really kicked off. And then real consistency and then driving towards the workouts. And that drove towards, you know, dialing the body in with, with clothing, just changing up the style. And then that led to now I'm working with, again, that friend Phil. Or I got blood work done, checking all my labs and everything and trying to fix that. It's a like, domino all of a sudden, I am I care about everything about my life. I'm like, man, I want to be healthy from the inside out. I want my children to see that. I want you to see that. I want everyone to see me at the best me. And I want to help you all become the best you. And for those listening, that's that's the point of recording this. We threw the mic on and hit record because this is something that we're living. And we talk about amongst ourselves all the time. Yeah. It's weird. Like, we don't, you don't sit and really like, hey, you want to talk about sobriety? Yeah. But for us, every now and then, I'm like, hey, babe, you know, what, what are you, what are you thinking about this? Or do you think that that person, you know, w- would think about that? You know, like, how does our sobriety impact each other? How does it impact our family? How does it impact our friends? We're always just wondering, like, these things because when you're sober... You just start to look at life through a clearer lens. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what else can we do? How else can we improve this? What other adventures can we go on? I think it's amazing how much it stunted our growth as humans over the years. Not literally. Like, not literally. literally I, I mean, I'm 5'8". It might have stunted my growth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow. <laughs> No, but, like, there's so many things I think that I could have just done better if I had never drank or stuck to, stuck out, you know? And now that I'm sober, I'm like, God, like, there's a whole nother me that's just starting to bloom. It's beautiful. Be a whole new flower. Mm. I kind of want to get Ed on to have this conversation as well because... Yeah, come on, Ed. With us at 100 days... (laughs) I wonder if that regret subsides. And I can't ask you and you can't ask me because we don't know. But there... The regret of drinking before? Yeah. Like, there are just so many times I'm like, oh, man, if I had just... You know, how many times we try to quit? If I had quit that time, I'd be years sober right now. Yeah. You know, Ed, he's at seven years, so I'm wondering, you know... But I think everything happens for a reason in the time frame that it does because you grow from it. So maybe then I wouldn't have been ready to, you know, go vegan or work out as, you know, hard or as you know, regularly as I did. Maybe my kids were younger and I wouldn't have stuck to it then. And who knows? I think everything happens for a reason or where we are meant to be. That's very poetic of you. It's not something I would ever say. (laughs) So to start wrapping this one up, there's not, because I thought about this hard, there's not a single positive that alcohol has brought to my life. But we're not judging you if you drink. (laughs) Yeah, there's no judgment on you. You do you. But me with alcohol, I literally cannot think of a single thing. People talk about, oh, well, the camaraderie, the funny stories, drunk sex, all these things that, you know, they're they're better. They're not. They're not. Like, you can replicate all of that. You know, like, every aspect where you're like, oh, the booze made that fun and funny. Like, you could do that sober. 
you know, you just get over your insecurity of, of constantly being stuck in your head and having the intestinal fortitude to go out and do that funny thing or say that funny joke or talk to that girl or do whatever it is you needed to do. You know, you don't need liquid courage. You need self-confidence. There's no need for alcohol to be part of that equation. It does nothing except stunt your ability to send your energy out into the world. Jackie, any closing points for the good people? I guess I would say that I know most of the men that would listen, if they had questions, they would reach out to you. But maybe their wives might have questions. And if anyone ever needed advice or really wanted to reach out from someone who's been there multiple you know, ways, whether it's trying to get fit together, trying to get nutrition together, trying to go sober as a wife, as a mom, just as a woman in general, but they don't really know how to ask, you can always send Zach a message and he'll get you my contact info and I'd be happy to help out. I feel like I'm winning you over to the side of oh becoming God. a self-help, <laughs> you know, wizard to help all the people out there. All right. This has been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. There are links below. Like Jackie said, if you're a woman or if you're a man who's looking to get a perspective on it, a woman's perspective, just shoot me a DM and I'll forward to her. Or I'll ask her and have her. Maybe we'll answer some questions and blast it out there. But thank you for tuning in. And again, a link to that free Telegram community if you want some accountability is below. Just be sure to you know really evaluate your life from where you're at. If you're looking to quit, you're not alone. If you're looking to just have the discussion on what to expect or how to deal with others, again, reach out. You're not alone in this. I can't stress that enough. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Take care. It's been another episode of the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.